in this world full of ignorant bliss, our truth often gets dismissed. We all hide behind our screens, pretending to know what life truly means. But if you're here, I sense you're searching for something. Something beneath the surface, something deep within. It's time for your weekly dose of the pill that does the most. Happy New Year, folks. Um, We ran away from you guys for (laughs) one week. Well, it's only fair because New Year's Day was on like a Monday, so that was a bit too... (laughs) (laughs) It was a bit too on the nose. So, hi guys. Hope 2024 has gotten off to a brilliant start. Happy New Year, everybody. And what time is everybody... What day of the month is it? Are people going to listen to this? Um, on the seventh or eighth, no, seven, oh, one so plus seven. Week after New Year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, happy New Year, folks. Still, I think it's still New Year as long as January. And I know some people are <laughs> upset once it's like thirteenth of January, and they're still saying New Year, Happy New Year. But I guess the rule, the rule is if the you have to send the person, send the person. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> My teams was full of Happy New Years <laughs> when I when I came back. Happy New Year. Yeah. Anyways, how's your? Uh, how was happy? your own New Year's Eve? It was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it's good actually. Um, besides Arsenal losing, obviously. Um, oh my God! Really? <laughs> what do you mean? Oh my God! Really? Like I went to Arsenal. Like, so I was. I. I um. I was on the coast of. Nairobi, Mombasa for... Oh, yeah, wait. Didn't, didn't we see that on Instagram? You were all up your babe and stuff. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> wait, was the, wait, wait, was that New Year's Day? Was that New Year's Eve? I don't know. I just... It, was, it, was, it was the weekend, so it was 29, 30, 31. Oh, okay. Okay, that's pretty cool. That, that looks fun. Yeah, it was... Got a... some good pics. <laughs> yeah, she kind of liked to cover my phone at some point. Some was out. The guns were out. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was giving. Anyways, um... So we're supposed to come back on Sunday. Um, and right when we were trying to like get to the airport, I got a message and saying like our flight was moved to like 11 p.m., which meant we would be in the sky like on New Year's Day. And I was like, no, nah, that's, not, that's not happening. So I just oh, wow. called. Yeah, so I called and asked if there was like an earlier flight they could put us on. Um, and there was. So luckily we had, still have not enough time to like make the trip to the airport to catch that flight. So that was good because I don't think I was like, it was not going to be a great experience to- <laughs> So did you travel within the country or in between yeah, the countries? No, it was within the country. So oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. So it was like a like an hour flight. Um, so almost like going from Ibadan to I guess Abuja, although Abuja is not on the coast; it's in the center. But that's kind of like the vibe. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was a. It was so a good... what did you New Year's Eve then that night? Did you just nothing, nothing much? Yeah, we caught a few services online it was weird because obviously like Nairobi's three hours in front of most places so like most churches by the time it was midnight here they were just starting like okay maybe nigeria had done like one hour because the services start at nine in nigeria which oh, is like 11. okay yeah so it was a very weird weird balance Damn. but yeah so we, we, we caught and funny enough i don't think enough not a lot of churches do crossover services here um that's what i, I think it's it's an interesting, interesting one. So anyway, it's a cut a few things. I'm not lying. I'm, I'm not many things beat crossover service, you know? Yeah, like, it's, you know. Because I've tried different things. And <laughs> at, peak, at peak spiritual condition, 
Honestly, cross customer service is legit. <laughs> I, I feel I still honestly like I, I get what you mean because like I need this year I wouldn't be in a crossover service um you know into the new year. So um, but well, I think we made it work because we watched a few services and we prayed and then um yeah, I went to bed. Um I don't know if it's this TMI. God knows. Okay, wait, what's this? Oh, this is not a cinema therapy episode, so everybody's going to hear this. I don't know. When I'm editing it, I'll figure wow, out. Wow, so guys, this, this is what Toby does. You know, he's giving give me an idea that he selects information depending on, <laughs> on the audience. Yeah, platform if you want to, that this is going to. If you want to hear the juice, then subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> that's, that's, that's kind of... Uh, what did you do? Please, I'm known as Divulging of the Tea. Oh, no, I didn't do anything. Hey, where um, were you? Were you in your house? Were you in your house? No, I was in London with um, Madam, but we didn't do anything. We could have gone to church before. We just said we're not going to church for some for some reason. There was no Heathens. reason not to go to church, but we just said we're not going to church. Bloody pagans. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, and and, and do, during the daytime, my friend and I kept asking, what are we doing, what are we doing, what are we doing? And as soon as we're asking what we're doing until like 12, 12, 12, 30, 1 p.m., I figured we're going to ask this question until 7 p.m. and nothing's going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, and we yeah. up like two p.m. Um, I was no, I was not really bothered. I don't think I'm too bothered about New Year's, New Year's Eve per se. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever been. But this is what I made up my comment earlier about legit crossover services because I've done everything. I've done been at a party. I've done been in in, in a fireworks place. Mm. I've done. Um, I've slept through it. <laughs> I've. I've <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have slept through it, and honestly, that 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 was not a bad New Year. I woke up, I woke up great, man. Um, Screaming. So I've kind of, I've kind of done everything else. I mean, maybe not everything, but I've done most of the typical default things. I think like a legit crossover service, as I said, doing peak spiritual condition is perhaps one of the best because when you're at a party, for me anyway, speaking for myself, I don't know about others. When you're at a party, let's say it's a public party, let's say you are at a pub, whatever. Or maybe not a house party. Even mm. even the house party, it only bangs if you know everybody, mm. right? And of course, you can high five strangers and everything, but they're not strangers who you are trying to do share the same thing to, together. As if you like in church, yeah. Um, church, there's like a common goal, right? Yeah. Um, again, this is just speaking from my personality, I guess. Mm. So, so it doesn't bang as much for it didn't bang as much for me when I, when I was in a party. When you're in a house party. It's okay. So I've done one where where I was in a party of this was COVID. I was in a party of four, and okay. this one, the the girls were more excited than than us. So it was two <laughs> girls, two guys. Two this girls. was like kind of the year, but maybe twenty twenty one. Yeah. That that COVID period. Yeah. Because I know, I can remember going there very lucky. Um. So the girls were very happy more than than we were. We were just chilling, we were playing card games, board games, etc. And then it was happy New Year. And everything, but I just feel like okay, yeah, I'm definitely gonna go home at some point in the next four hours. Mm. There was not that much buzz, but they were buzzing. But but I think they were buzzing because they wanted to make the occasion buzzing. Yeah, yeah. Not because yeah. they were actually buzzing in real life. Which in the end they were like, "Well, you were not buzzing last night. What happened?" <laughs> um, and then at the party, it just dies down very very quickly. I think. I think that I think that's the thing about a bigger party. So when you're talking about a party of like. 2015 plus mm. the buzz dies down when you when you get home mm. um but church doesn't die down man when you get home you're still buzzing 
you know, from my experience. Um, yeah. I, I don't see me like, like not I'm a prayer warrior. I'm just like a silent guy, to be fair. But you just, the energy of everybody just hits yeah. you differently. Yeah. And it hits you positively. And everything you're probably scared of admitting, uh, admitting to yourself. It's like the church is the only place that forgives and strengthens at the same time for the new year. Mm. Maybe that's why it's... I, I don't know why I'm saying this. Like I'm some kind... <laughs> as I said, peak, peak, my spiritual my, my condition is not peak. So I can't really be saying that like I'm up there. But I just realized this new year that I think church is... Nothing beats crossover service. Yeah. But again, again, depends on crossover because I've been to one crossover that I was like, ah, oh, man, I can't wait to go home. Go home, yeah. I've, yeah. I've, been, I've, been, I've been to one like that before. I've been yeah. to one like that before. I, I can't, I've been to one like that before, for sure. For yeah. sure. For sure. I feel like crossover services have also changed over time because I remember when they didn't used to end like around 12, 30 or 1, like you probably be going to like 3 or 4. Uh, man, people but, complain though. Yeah. So now, what you think to. Till like 4 a.m. They just start like regular on, yeah, like a regular all night service. But now it's like you get there at nine, and then by 12:30, one match, every is over. I I found out weird because it was good, but then you then like you said, you get home with all this energy, but then it's like in the middle of the night. So I literally remember like in Ghana, like usually okay in Nigeria, you you know after church you just go home. But I remember in Ghana, my first or second crossover service, because when I was just alone, I went to church alone. Once it was 12:30. I was like, oh, well, the night is still young now. Like, boy, felt. Yeah. <laughs> boy, but, felt. But that's a bit of fun, though. It says, isn't it? Yeah, and for me, I was not like, it's weird to then like leave church and then say you're going to like town. Like, it's just a very. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. Although, okay, <laughs> I can't tell the story. Yeah. <laughs> First. So, anyways, but so what I used to, what I ended up doing, what has happened over the last like two or three years, is that um, I then go home and then I catch. Um, like uh, another service, but in the US because they're just starting. Um, and I didn't just do that, and then uh, yeah. you get the bus twice. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But there's always a bit different because yeah. because the I follow a church called Elevation Church, and um, they they call it as a praise oh, party. Yeah, so they call it a praise party. So it's mostly like songs. So usually they will sing new songs as well. So it's always a vibe. And then obviously you're tweeting. Everybody's saying Happy New Year. But this year, like literally, I don't think I tweeted or did anything online until like January 2nd because I just wasn't first of all it was a weekend where I wasn't really on my phone besides um you know posting stuff about the trip um which honestly wasn't even with posting <laughs> to be fair um and then I, I don't know I just like I was watching the services online when I got you know went to bed woke up and I just wasn't in the mood partly I think it was maybe the asked nothing that was also happening as well which was quite annoying because I'm like please you should keep your bad vibes in 2023 um but yeah, anyways, okay, that's enough about leading up to New Year's. Um, what are your, do you have plans for the New Year? What, what's your 2024 looking Man, like? Man, honestly, I got into December thinking, yeah, I'm just going to carry on with life and try, and try and keep doing what I'm doing. But man, December shook me a little bit mm. for many reasons. Um, Health-wise, mm. um, just financial clarity <laughs> and my my work ethic hmm. I don't know what it is but I got like series of different nothing nothing particularly happened yeah that shook all these things but no no health wise yeah something happened to me which I can't share on the podcast but uh, man all I just know is that I'm, if, if I recover from this then 
I'm a changed man for life in terms of <laughs> in terms of the food that I eat and everything because uh, I always thought I I always thought I was um healthy mm. in a sense um but I guess what I've learned is there's perhaps uh it's pyramids and the and the health game that you have to hit and your pyramid extends the older you get and I think potentially this was a reminder of my age but also everything that I've taken for granted. So mm. I guess this year, even if, if you think I've been a health freak before, I think that was more focused on my immunity. Mm. And I've kind of forgotten about everything else. Mm. So I think that what I've learned was that I spent last two, three years thinking about immunity only, which is actually really great because when I was in my madam's house, everyone was sick at some point except me. I didn't catch anything. Mm. Right, so I, I, so I know my immunity is 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 doing is in good condition, but I think without going too much into TMI, but I'm I'm very candid is I think I need to improve gut health. Mm. Um, and obviously listening to a lot of podcasts now, reading about it, the microbiomes, all these things, I'm realizing everything that I've not been thinking about, not been doing. Mm. And even though even though what's what I experience may not be all down to that. It was a good reminder of God's health and why, and why I should focus on that this year. So that's what I'm trying to improve. And obviously that's through diets, um, but not just specific diets, but variety of diets. So obviously I spent my last year being, being part of myself, my routines of meals, mm. but that's not really good for me, to be honest, because um, my body benefits from a variety of not just variety of your carbs and proteins, no, not particular, but your vegetables mm. in, 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 um, in particular. So having the same vegetables all year long, I know did not really do me justice mm. um, in terms of that. So, I mean, this is the thing I've learned about the last two weeks. Um, to improve gut, gut health is one thing that this year I'm, I'm working towards. I mentioned also financial clarity. Mm. Um, Obviously, again, being candid, I don't like to lie to you guys, uh, everybody listening. Oh, yes. The reason why I'm actually being candid about this, so I'll continue my point, but let me say why I'm being candid about this, is I, I was listening to Tim Keller four days ago, three days ago. No, no, on Monday. When, when, when did I arrive back? On Monday. Uh-huh. And I can't, remember what the, I can't remember what the podcast topic was, but it was talking about some around money. And... He spoke about how the secular world can be distinguished or characterized by a world where sex as a subject is easily spoken about without fear or apprehension, mm. but money isn't. Mm. Now, his reasons were very profound, which I, if I try and explain, I won't do justice. But I think it's some along the lines of how in our secular world, because we make money the reality that makes us think that we are in control. We kind of make it our God in some kind of way. It, it yeah. goes beyond that. I think I feel I've made it overly simplistic and, and overly familiar to what you guys normally hear. Mm. But my lesson from that was just that one thing that of course that speaking about money, being uncomfortable about speaking about money is not a good sign for one's... Um, spiritual health and not, not spiritual by only religion but spiritual by your awareness of your being mm. capital b and in, in fact i think give an example of when i was talking to a very very um 
successful couple when, when I was doing counseling. And I was asking them about their sex life. And it was like that they, they were divulging to him so easily, mm. you know, giving, in fact, TMI information, things that he did not, he did not need to hear. <laughs> and then when they, when they asked them about money, they became very, very um, cagey and they became a lot less expressive, open. Yeah. open. And I thought, I see this all the time. Mm. You know, if I'm, if I'm at a party, we can just talk about... You can bring out you can bring out cards against humanity and talk about sex and, and everybody's easy. But once it's about money, about money generally is just like a very, very touchy subject. And yeah. we we never really thought about why. Because that's so isn't that just weird? I never thought of, I mean, I don't know, maybe you did, but I never thought about it as why why has money become a touchy subject in society? Mm. And maybe and maybe it's a topic to explore in the podcast and in, in the future, but that just yeah. touched me. I was like, this is so true. I never thought about this taking for granted reality. Yeah. Um, anyway, back, back to what I, just let me wrap up this, my long monologue. Back to my your question. Financial clarity is being, um, for this year, is trying to understand how much value attached to money and how much I move or I feel about money leaving and money gaining mm. um, in myself. And this relates to obviously things that I buy things that I um, hold on to. So of course, in that same vein, I'm trying to focus more on spending a lot more money on things that I do every day. Mm. For example, my toothpaste, my toothbrush. Um, this thing I use every day, spend, spend money on it, quality, and spend less money on things that are not really important, like a t-shirt, mm. that kind of thing. Um, if, if, if I'm buying something that involves my health, I, I should not feel like, oh, this is too expensive. Um, I should just spend that money and not be attached to it, but also let go of everything that makes me feel like I am, that, that, that makes me feel like I'm representing a, a class of society that I belong to or that I want to belong to, obviously something material. Mm. Um, so, and I think this is something that I've learned that I'm not trying to do this year. And of course, improve my money game, not because of chasing money, but because of... That, but also using, not taking for granted the talents that I have amassed yeah, or wor- working as, as, as proverb says to work. Um, so that's, that's the second one. Last, last one I mentioned, I mentioned three things. Wait, you mentioned health, money, and work, productivity, something. Oh yeah. Yes. So I guess that, that links to the last bit I said where talent bit I said where, um, I just want to work as hard as I can in this year and just see what happens. So as opposed to making too many plans on things and what tasking and trying to do something, I just want to work hard on, on everything now I'm working on, not in parallel, but in blocks and just see what happens and just see what comes of that, but work as hard as, hard as I can. And obviously that involves spending less time on frivolous activities, which I don't really do, but <laughs> obviously I can probably point to time that I waste doing certain things that I don't need to. Um, so those are like my, my three New Year goals. Resolutions. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> but but in funny enough, they came about as a realization with experiences that I just went through in the last three weeks and things that I had in the last three weeks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were very, very good timing. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, 
So for me, like the way I th- I'll, th- I'll think about the question that I asked you is, so I usually do a review at the end of the year. Um, I write, I kind of like write it down, but this year I kind of like struggled. Luckily or thankfully, I was able to ginger myself and actually wrote one like before, like this evening, earlier today. Um, if not, I'd have been in, I'd have come to this episode talking about how I don't think I'm going to write one because I really like, and it wasn't because like the year wasn't good or anything, but like in the intro that I wrote, I just feel like there was a lot that happened and it just felt a bit overwhelming to try to capture it in words. Um, so there are two versions of, of reviews that I do. Number one, it has, it's a template and a series of questions. Um, so very just quick bullet point answers that I can give across like a range of categories. I think I've talked about this on previous episodes and, ah, okay, I guess we can share this template on Patreon for those that want to, you know, use it. But technically covers categories like, um, like what you're grateful for, um, opportunities and adversities that you face, the lessons that you're learning, uh, the people that you're doing life with, uh, technology and your accessibility to that, your heart and your treasure, which is all about like money and, you know, the things that you value. Uh, major distractions, action points for the new year. Um, and yeah, pretty much. So it just covers it and just allows you think about certain things. And each question comes with like a a prompt just for you to think about it. So I used to do that before, um, but I realized it now became very functional. And I saw one, my friend, one of my friends um, wrote or did like a whole narrative, like a blog post or something of her own year in review. And it was quite interesting. So I started to do that as well. So I, the first one I wrote mm. was combining like three years together. So I think that was 2019, 2021, and 2019, 2020, 2021. Then last year I wrote um, the blog version and this, this year I've written one as well. And then what always happens is um, at, the, at the end of the year, I sort of like give a word or a phrase for what I think the new year is going to be about based on previous occurrences. So um, let's see, my 2019 was... The word for 2019 was letting go and moving forward. So, okay, context. So from 2019 to 2021, because I wrote them in retrospect, um, it was just me like reflecting on the entire year. So 2019 felt mm-hmm. like a year that I was letting go and moving forward. And um, there's a context around that. I was around like a relationship ending, um, you know, changing jobs, all of those sorts of things. 2020 was big changes. Obviously, that was a COVID year, but that was also the year that I started Venture for Africa or at least quit my job to do that full time. 2021, I called it new challenges and stronger foundations. It's almost like just going deeper into. You should be giving these churches their 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 yearly uh, their yearly <laughs> Karen. Karen, yeah. Um, and then 2022 was um, bigger vision and bigger wins. Um, so essentially, just a lot of it was leaned towards VFA. To be fair, like the the, the company that I run. Um, so, anyways. Um, 2023, I think, I don't know what I called it. Uh, 23 was, oh, 23 was preparations for a new season of life. And that was all around, obviously, turning 30 and milestone years and things like that. Um, and then I've written 2024 and I've given it a word, but you guys will hear it at some point. But pretty much, um, I did the review. And I, I don't know, like, in terms of what I'm looking for or forward to this year, I think it's more like a continuation of, um, this year in a kind of way, but just taking roots a bit deeper um, and then bearing more fruits. So almost similar to your thing about wanting to be more productive and just, you know, be dedicated to a couple of things and really push yourself in those directions. I think for me as well, it's 
okay, if these are the three or four main things in my life right now, then I shouldn't necessarily be looking because I think there's a state of mind that you can be where you're open to new opportunities and looking for things. And there's a state of mind where there's a couple of things in your hands and you're trying to make the best of those things that are in your hands without like looking outside of what's in front of you. So um, if that makes sense and if that sounds clear to everyone, that's kind of like what I feel 2024 is for me. Um, I think there are going to be certain big-ish decisions that might be made this year. Um, but I don't think I'm anxious about them. It's more... Like what? Like, uh, can't give too much away, sorry. <laughs> not, not on the live version of the podcast. Um, but you, you, you should, I think you have an idea. But... I don't do. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry I'm being cryptic, but it's just, I'm still processing it. So, I have um, no idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, but, but also like, the one that I can share though is that I think, um, and I've talked about this with you already, like, I think my watch in Accra, Ghana is kind of coming to an end. Um, and yeah, so there's, there's, there's that. So um, I might be moving cities again this 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 year. So that's another thing. But probably that's going to be like middle of the year. But just stuff wow. they need to figure out. It's a big yeah. one. Yeah. But to be fair, like, I don't think it's a... Like I say, watch has ended. But it's, honestly, I'm still going to maintain a kind of like presence there based on some logistics and whatever. So, but yeah, just... I, I, yeah. I think it's definitely the right move and I hope it happens. Sorry? I think it's definitely the right move and I hope it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's that, but I don't know, like just generally, um, I feel like these are, I, I don't know if we, I don't, maybe let me ask you. So when you were thinking about your, your thirties and this phase of your life, like, was there a clear picture that you had and how much of an alignment is there between the picture that you had and sort of like what's going on or what's, what you're living out right now? I could never, I could never think beyond three years. Hmm. At, 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 at any point in my life, I can never think beyond three years at any point. And the good and bad thing about PhD is that your your ability to visualize beyond three years—that's binoculars that you get—is a bit blurry during the PhD. Hmm. It's a bit blurred by the PhD um, journey. Maybe be—I don't know if it's blurred. Maybe it depends on the person. But for me, I guess. I could always just imagine myself as I'm outside of the PhD, either doing being an academic or being somebody who's working in a nine-to-five job. Mm. Not like they are distinct in any way, but you get the idea. Mm. And obviously, towards the last year, when it unraveled to me that the direction I wanted to take was the latter. So I guess it's only after the latter that I am now beginning to think of three years mm. down the of, line. Yeah. Outside of that. So. And three years beyond that would then look like, okay, three years in what category are we talking about? Three years in the category of work, health, family, what category? So there's categories of this thinking as well. But you know what life is, man? God gives and God takes. So you have to always be humble with how you think about these things. But I'm not saying think, I'm not saying plan with, with, with fear, no. But three years, I think, is always, has always been ideal for me to visualize and you you hope that your five year 
plan. The, the two years, two years from the from two years out of the five years, the last two years, are mostly about a hope that the three years align, because the world changes so much, and that your three year plan, a three year vision, may look so differently. Mm-hmm. I think for me, if there was no COVID, I may not be, I may not have had these thoughts I'm having. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was no COVID, I may not have had some experiences that I've had that made me like this. Mm. So and COVID, COVID was out of my control, you know. So there's certain things that happen in the world that shape your plans as True. well. Um, but I guess like what what we don't want to be doing is to be making the same mistakes again. We mm. want to be moving upwards in an exponential fashion. And by that, what I mean is once a lesson has been learned in a certain year, and you made a goal in a certain year, you're hoping that if that goal is achieved in the or semi-achieved in a certain year, by the next year, that goal has unlocked other things that you never even see coming, mm. which is what I mean by that exponential thing. So a lot of us have these goals that we're working on that unlock things that we're yet to see until those goals have been achieved or semi-achieved. Um, so I just think in three years, kind of windows for now, and my three-year window is is looking like, I mean, it's quite clear to me. I don't want to talk about it because I'm, I'm I'm not talking about these things like that because <laughs> they're on the jinx set. But <laughs> but but three-year window, I can't I, I can't give an idea without saying what it is specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but three-year window is quite clear to me, as clear as clear can be. Mm. And obviously, we'll see, we'll see what this year brings in terms of the uncontrollables. Yeah. Um, and we'll see how we can react to that. Um, not to speak too cryptically, but that <laughs> specifically means a point of like, this is just some things that we cannot control, whether it's a government's introduction of a certain mm. program, whether it's somebody who passes on in your life, whether it's um, an unexpected opportunity that you don't even deserve that mm. is by favor, by luck, or by opportunity, or whatever it is. You know, so many things that are out of your control can happen. Yeah. Um, but again, that's, that's part of what the new year should be. This year is a year where we should realize that we're in control of only what we're in control of. And we can't think that everything, everything that happened to us in life is down to us. It's not, it's not down to myself. Everything that happened to me is not down to me. Yeah. And vice and nothing happened to you, not down to you. We have a rubber hand, yeah. but it's a bigger hand at play. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and I, I think that's that's the same sentiments um, or same sort of like vibe that I'm having right now. And I don't know if it's a thing of like stage of life or whatnot. Because I feel like, you know, in your twenties, um, in your teen years, you're sort of like in very controlled spaces with well-defined pathways. So it's like. You know, you can either do A, B, C, or D maximum. Maybe we have like six or five different options. And so, but obviously, like the older you go, you get almost like the more the more options open up, but the more gravity, you know, comes with those options. What what I mean by that is so in in high school, you're thinking maybe between junior high and senior high, you kind of like had two options. Am I going to do science or am I going to do commercial or art? Right. And you make that 50-50 decision, go where you're going to go. 
when you get into science class or art class, there's a range of courses you can choose from. But technically in JAMB, you're all going to write similar things, although to give you options for more things. So again, limited choices, the weight is relatively, the stakes are high for the time of life that you're in. But, you know, then you get to, you know, SS3, you write JAMB or whatever, then you pick a uni. In Nigeria, like if you're, you do either do you school in Nigeria or you don't school in Nigeria. If you school in Nigeria, you either do public or private, right? And then you get the options feel a lot, but they're still, you know, everybody's still making the same choices. But it feels like once you graduate and, you know, get into the job market, the options almost like go exponential, right? Do you know, do you want to further your education to do a master's and go up to a PhD or stay in academia? Or do you want to do some of that path up to a point and then break into industry? Or do you want to just dive straight into the industry? Okay, do you want to do something with a program that you did in school? Or do you want to just land in a job that you know is paying well and climb that ladder? Okay, when you climb that ladder, okay, do you want to stay there and play the long game? Or do you want to jump every two years? If you want to jump every two years, are you going to stay in the same industry or not? Oh, everybody's immigrating now. Okay, where do I want to go to? Is it Canada, UK, US, or all of these other places? How do I want to go there? By school or by working or by marriage or by something? Then you get there, you get to Canada, you do the PR and everything. You're like, oh, I feel like, okay, now that I have the PR, I need to look for another option. So but all these options start to become a lot weightier because I guess you're in that time of your life where making mistakes becomes a lot more costly. Yeah, definitely. And, yes, you get, isn't that what the lady said, um, Jay, Meg Jay in the book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in your 30s, your choices are more consequential. Yeah. Exactly. And so it just um, led me I mean, to... This, this is even past education. Yeah. Even after you're settled in whatever you are. Um, but yeah, because I'm carrying on. Yeah, yeah. So all of that, I think it can lead you to a state of being very anxious about decisions that you're making and if you're making the decisions at the right time, in the right moments, with all the right information, all of those sorts of things. And so I feel like I've entered this year almost like just the same points that you've made where, you know, it's there's a lot of things that are not within my control. Um, and looking back at the good things that have happened or even looking at the things, both good and bad, that have happened over the last, like, four or five years, there's some that I couldn't have written into. Like, I couldn't have imagined them, right? Both good and bad, you understand? And so I think I'm just getting to that point where I'm like, obviously, no, I'm not going to sit on my hands and not do anything. But I feel like I, I want to be a lot more aware and acknowledge the fact that there's like, for the lack, not lack of a better word to put it, but there's like a God factor there. And there's, there's that which I cannot control, but I can, I don't have to lean on my own understanding for that. Because I feel like if I think that I need to figure out all of life on my own and map everything out, like just thinking about it, sometimes I'm just like, you know what, bruh. <laughs> just because it's then easier to say, I'll take each step as it comes, right? But sometimes that's a cop out because you understand that there's just so many variables that you can't figure out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what, let me emphasize this in case someone didn't pick that up, but I'd, you're not saying that don't have a plan. Mm. Um, plans are important. We can't survive without plans. You need a plan. We need, we need plans. It's mm. as essential as that. Um, what you're saying is that your plan should be made as best and as realistic and as perhaps hopeful and ambitious as, as you can make it. Your efforts should match the idea and desire behind the plan. Mm -hmm. But the plan being achieved requires at bare minimum your effort. 
and and the other side of the equation is life giving you the tools and the equipment to make that plan be realized. And some of that means that life life will give you a screwdriver when you need a spoon. Life will give you a knife when you need a screwdriver. So that means your plans could be delayed or hastened, depending on what life gives you. But if you don't develop the ability to screw, then of course you can't even do anything. So you should make that plan for sure. And I, and I don't that's that's the one you're saying. I just want to emphasize that because I don't want something that you're saying that oh um yeah just let go and let life take its course. Hell no. No, absolutely not. Um, we have to make plans and find meaning in those plans. And it's been very interesting because I've written a book, um, Man's Search for Meaning. Mm. Um, by Victor Victor Franco, who was a psychiatrist that survived the um, Holocaust. Mm. Um, so the book recounts his experiences. Um, to be fair, they're quite detailed experiences for somebody who went through such an ordeal. And I think I'm about about I'm about halfway. Mm. But one of the biggest things that I have I've t- taken up from the book is two things. One is that apathy kills you more than you realize apathy in terms of what you believe in and what you stand for and this is somebody talking about a book where she's recounting people's experiences in 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 the camps where some people were workers in the camp some people were sick people in the camp some people were um, destined for for death in different camps mm. and for those who had a sense of apathy life was a lot 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 worse for them than than those who still found some kind of meaning and planning and and inner freedom in that terrible terrible is not even a good word but unimaginable condition Mm. right and i use the word apathy because he used the word apathy in the book and i'm bringing that up because apathy in this in this context will mean going into this year Without any, with an indifference, mm, absolutely, and that indifference is what kills, regardless of whether you love life set up or not. Also, like you could be somebody listening to this, you could have, you could have your world in order at twenty six, at twenty seven, at thirty five. But if you, if you, if you, if you, if you have that world in order with an apathy for the world, it doesn't mean that you are living the best you could live. And you only realize that until that apathy becomes absent, becomes um, deterred in some kind of way. Um, but yeah, I don't want to go too deep into this. Um, yeah. We've just spoken about our New Year goals or New Year reflections. Yeah. Whatever so, they may be. Yeah. So, so one, one more thing also is just um, trying to understand that like some, teams, some, some things take time. And actually, no. What I want to say is that a lot of, a lot of, a lot can happen in a short period of time, but some things also take it take some time to happen. Does that make sense? So to say that again, a lot can happen in a short space of time, but some things would also still require time to happen. And what I mean by that is, you know, particularly in in a, in this global world where we're all connected to everything that's going on, and we're sharing the space with three four five six generations 
like different generations from ours, but we're all mm. like functioning in the same space as if we're all living the same lives. And it's a bit comparison, a bit some of the other things, but like there's this guy, for example, that tweets a lot uh, in the tech ecosystem. And I just realized the guy was now recounting like where he was 10 years ago and he did like four sets of tens. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like he's actually like in his 50s. But, you know, even more than his 50s, maybe like in his, in his 60s or something. But obviously the way he carries himself, you can almost like age him at 45. But he's a lot yeah. older than that. And then it that makes you think, okay, some of the things that you were like trying to measure yourself and use, again, it's good to aim high and all of that. But there's a sort of powerlessness that can come from when you feel like, oh, at a certain age, or you think someone at a certain age has done certain things that you've not done even up to half of that, but you're just a bit close to their age. It can almost make you feel a bit powerless. Um, so I guess my reminder, or this is me reminding myself that, you know, some things, a lot can happen in a short period of time but also some things would also take time. Um, and all I need to do is even look at my life as like evidence because again, between 2016 and now, there's other things that I've not taken for granted, but they've become my new normal that, yeah. you yeah. know, I don't, I don't realize how much, you know, progress has been made in, in, in certain regards, right? And because obviously we're, we're ambitious, we always want more, you know, our tastes are always getting improved on, our desires are also getting like, shaped by the world and everything that's happening but gratitude i think is something that we probably need to keep a lot like a top of mind a lot more because it really helps cater to both grounding you in the season that you're in and making sure that you're not like anxious about what's to come but also you're not disregarding things that have happened already and i think it just makes us as human beings like well-rounded when we practice like correct gratitude and actual gratitude for things and so um looking back at my review i think i just ended it talking about things that i was grateful for and some of the things i was grateful for were things that honestly i couldn't have planned and put into place like some events that just you know got a, a constraint like you know puts together i'm like nah like i guess you could just sit down and try to plan but there are just so many variables but mm. everything just seemed to come together and you know i had the awareness to be able to take advantage of the things that came together. You know, me trying to apply for a US visa in 2020, realizing the date was 2024 and deciding no ways I could do the UK. And then obviously doing the UK two years in a row. And that's felt like very productive. But then in the middle of doing the UK, the US came and then that coincided with something else that made my life a lot better than, you know, it was at the start of the year. So just those kinds of things. And I'm like, okay, cool. Be aware of that, that that's a possibility. And then whatever you can then control, control that. So anyways, let's, I don't know what this episode is shaping into, but I, those are just my reflections and the thoughts that I'm carrying into 2024 with all the big decisions that need to be made and, and whatnot. And it doesn't mean I'm not still scared about like a couple of things as well, but I think, um, I, think I have the tools required to navigate uh, whatever those like fears and big decisions are when, when they do come. Um, but yeah.
nice, nice, nice. So we've done a bit of reflecting. We've done New Year resolutions, even though you don't want to use that word. <laughs> um, typically, such episodes and that thing that could come up could be what you predict to happen this year in the world. Ah, uh, predictions. Uh, things you're looking, things you're looking out for in the world of <laughs> the world. Um, not just pop culture, but potentially the world of work, technology, um, politics. I mean, first of all, the big politics question is the US elections. Yeah, that's this year that, again. That's <clears throat> a big one. Um, I don't know. Um, um, we can start there. Who do you think has got that one? I don't know who's going to run. Like, is Trump running again? Yeah, they're both running again. Is, it, is Trump? Well, I guess Trump is going to get the tickets for the Republicans. If it's Biden versus Trump again, I think Trump might win. Yeah, I think, I mean, Biden's going again because Democrats haven't put forward anybody or they haven't even hinted at anybody so far from yeah. what I've read. Hillary's not going to try? <laughs> Actually, no. no, not really. So to be fair, once you're, they, they can't replace anybody. Like, the incumbent has to go again. That's like, you can't, the factor of you being an incumbent, right? It's why almost like Donald Trump tried to run again. But wait, he already did four years. How did yeah, their rules work? He lost the yeah, re-election. So he it's only if you do it two years in a row. So he can. So when he comes back, will he be able to do eight, or he'll just do four? He can do eight. The... <laughs> <laughs> it's also Ghan- It's also the Ghanaian election that's that's coming this year, twenty twenty four as well. So that's also. But this guy, the guy has done eight already. So it's a new. It's a new. His party's going to, so what is his vice president that is, that is running? So and then, oh, okay, and then a previous guy that has already been president before, uh, but he didn't. So what happened was he was vice president. The president died. He did the last two years, but <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't. He didn't get reelected. So the other guy came, and now that one has done eight years. So now the person that did two years but didn't get elected for his own, he wants to run to go and do his own eight years. But anyway, play to him. Um, Kenya, um, Kenya just did their own as well. So, anyways. Okay. So, yeah, no, no, they, they did their elections like last year, so I think they're they're in the middle of of the year for it. So that's going on. Um, but I don't, I don't know. So the UK, what's going on? Um, when is it? Oh yeah, we have. Don't okay. Actually, I'm not really sure. So I think they're gonna call for elections this year. Um, no, I, actually, I, I think no, there there are elections this year, for sure. I think it's in March. When is it? Let me let me check. Uh, yeah, it's this year. But it, the last dates, so like they've got to pick a date amongst them, mm. which is what they tend to do in monarchy states. Um, but then it mustn't go past twenty fifth. Must go past twenty eighth January oh. next year. Uh, but, okay. but but they, but they're gonna hold it this year. Mm. I mean, honestly. I don't know. I don't know who's gonna win that. Um, whoever wins, both 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 candidates are not looking promising to me. I mean, the Tories are a strange party because they've made some decisions that are just ridiculous in terms of particularly post COVID. Mm. But then I can't say whether the opposition would have done better given the economic crisis that awaits. 
Mm. Um, so it's very hard to measure, but you can only blame the person on on the crown on on the on the throne. Yeah. Right. So that's that's there. Um, inflation has, I mean, yeah, it has been a rocky economy for two years. Mm. I think I I felt it a lot this last year, and it's not going to end this year. There's there isn't going to be a deflation where prices drop, so we all have to earn more money, which already we are poor in the UK. <laughs> so that's that's another big thing. But honestly, I don't know if if Labour wins. Labour for me, I mean, since I've come to this country and speaking apolitically, I, I I've, I've watched a couple of interviews of um what's his name I, I keep forgetting his name I, someone I watch every day I'm not every day once a week um the labor PM um give me a second of course Keith Sturmer Sturmer mm. whatever oh yeah, yeah Keith um it strikes me as the, the, the vibe he gives me give him the vibe of a priest among nuns <laughs> that, that's the vibe I get from him I don't know why. I just get that vibe from him. But, but the guy before him who was um, Jeremy Corbyn, Corbyn, for me, during this time when he could have won the elections, never gave me a good, never gave me good confidence in his economic policies. Again, neither did Boris at the time, but Corbyn just always never seemed to have a good answer for economic questions. Or perhaps was ov- overly unrealistic. Mm. And for somebody whose background is in economics, I, I felt, this was, it was just saying stuff that people who were young or people who fulfilled that category would like to hear, but it can't make it sound like I'm like, who's going to pay for this? Who's going to pay, who's going to pay for it? Anyway, so right now, the current incumbent, Rishi and Keir Starmer, these is opposition opposing party. I have no idea who's going to win. Mm. I have no favorites. I'm just focusing on myself, trying to up, <laughs> up my game. <laughs> Oh my God! For me, it's, it's all the immigration policies and just all the difference. Oh yeah. So I mean, what is clear to me in, t- in terms of immigration is for the UK is because they've they've already hit their targets. About they've hit their target two years earlier than they expected to. Mm. Um. So they've obviously tra- they've obviously, obviously already introduced some new measures to curb immigration. So they've yeah. increased the salary threshold for some immig- immigrant workers. They probably would they reduce number of dependents some people can bring into the country when they get visas and they've yeah. some, done some other things, which I get. They they hit their target two years earlier. So I, I that reaction did not surprise me too much. Um obviously labor always seems by virtue of ideology to be more lenient towards immigration. Mm. But this has been one can say the, the country has been the most lenient it's been in the last 10 years yeah, towards true. immigration, the last three years. Mm. So I don't think immigration would be labels, um, can be labels fighting ground. Mm. Maybe, I don't know. Somebody knows politics more than me can, can argue against that. But yeah, UK, uh, regarding choosing between Rishi and obviously um, Keir Starmer, Labour Party, I have no preference because I have, I just, there's no obvious one to me. Maybe because I've not watched enough. Mm. Maybe because I don't know enough. Maybe because I'm apolitical. Maybe because I'm not political. Maybe, maybe the answer is there, but because I'm not had that strong yeah. interest. Yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of technology though, what do you think is going to happen this year in terms of the old AI boom, et cetera? Um, 
I think it, it's going to, I don't know. I feel like the personal assistants um, are maybe going to get their their day in the sun. Because right now it's still like big companies that are able to use it to manipulate the data. And then the only public, the most public facing thing is ChatGPT and then all the, you know, rappers that people have built around it. But I feel like right now, you know, hardware will start to come into play, you know, where Google, you know, Google tries to release that, whatever they called it. What did they call it? Or Gemini? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gemini and all of that. And, you know, so they are doing the multimodal approach, right, which adds a lot more complexity to to the whole thing. So for those that are listening, multimodal just means like right now, you know, ChatGPT is you give it text, maybe you give it some images. There are other platforms that allow you to upload files. There are other platforms that do images only. There are other platforms that do video only or audio only. So Google does like the same thing. It can do like multiple things at once and then layer it and choose the most um, ideal one to put together for you. So just a little more powerful. Um, I guess it's going to become a lot closer. Right, right now it's become like right now actually Googling things because of SEO and all the rubbish that has happened. It's almost like you get higher quality answers if you ask the kind of if you ask the right questions on ChatGPT than if you Google. Now this is not talking about research papers or things like that. But a lot of times if you Google like what's the top, whatever, whatever, you just get so many things that have been SEO like scammed and gamed to appear as your top results. Um whereas you get the exact answer you're looking for in a platform like ChatGPT. So um like for me now the last year, honestly I don't like Sometimes when I realize how much I use all the different like AI tools and whatnot, I'm like, yeah, I can't imagine a world or it's weird that we're it's weird all the things that we're doing without it. Um, and just how much more you can get done and much quicker. We're using our brains, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, now we're using our brains and then using a lot more like you can go do a lot more and go a lot further if you use the tools the right way. So like obviously it's not a substitute. Is more like an enabler, um, sort of realized and all of that. Like, so for example, a lot of things I've automated. Um, I I never knew how. Like, I know a bit of code, but not enough to do the powerful things that sometimes I need to do. But right now, I know enough to like write and then go back and forth with ChatGPT to then write scripts for Google Sheets that automate a lot of things. And like, I've written some really pretty cool stuff over the last like you know three four weeks thereabouts that I'm like, okay, cool. I don't have to That's pay the developers cool. to do this. Yeah, so. Those are the kinds of things that I'm like, you know, quite interesting. Um, so I think there'll be more of that. Um, but my problem is that everyone is trying to do winner takes all. So <laughs> I don't know. There's going to be a lot of wars, a lot of fighting, a lot of anti-trust laws, um, anti-competitive things popping up as well because you don't want one person to own the whole thing. The EU keep on rearing its head and trying to sue Apple and all of these sorts of things. Um, but I don't know. What do you think? You're, you're a lot closer to some of these other tech things than I am, I think. It's a very hard thing to understand um, because a year ago, the, the, the craze wasn't here like this. And by craze, I don't mean the existence. I mean craze. Because mm. I remember walking out of my office in my PhD some summertime in 2022. I think I was, watching, I was walking with Bumi and somebody else. I mean, talking, I think what Bumian told him, we're talking about a tool that could improve your code if you put your code into it. Mm. And by the way, this was, this was ChatGPT at mm. the time. But I had no idea how it looked. I had no idea how it felt like. I think it was, I think it was 2022. 
January, early, early that, early that year. But I was like, oh, okay, this is very interesting. But we ignored it because it's still mystified. Mm. But now it's it's everywhere. It's part of our daily technical vocabulary and mm. of course our daily computers. Um, so for this year, obviously there's a lot of competition emerging, which is good. I like I like competition because it means that we're not stuck to one person. It means that people get creative. It means that our lives as consumers, well, maybe mm-hmm. slightly less worse. Yeah. Um. So you have Gemini. You have Grok. Um. It's a Twitter, Twitter, Twitter zone. You have a You have OpenAI. You have um. Being well, I guess Facebook's Llama. Okay. Um. But I don't know if Llama is is, is more back end than front end. Anyway. Um, predictions, I think we'll get perhaps a lot more technology that, that doesn't solve any problems, but it's fancy. Because I've always thought and said proudly that the last three, four, five years, we've not solved big problems technology. We've only created fancy new solutions. Mm. No, 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 no solutions. We've only created fancy new enhancements to existing things. We've not had anything revolutionary or transformational. I'm not saying that we need to, or or or, or I'm not saying that we should not appreciate what we've done so far. But even though I can't write the code for these new crazy um large language model technologies, for me, it's still revolving around the core idea of speed, productivity, and language processing, which is not revolutionary. By the term revolutionary, like you had your cooker or you had your telephone, right? Mm. So with that in mind, I don't see what else would come out this year that would not be beyond the idea of a craze. So I expect more crazes not not crazy like crazy people, but like more more hyped products. Yeah. But but I don't expect anything revolutionary. Couldn't you argue if that, that makes sense? Could couldn't it be an argument that Chat GPT just the 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 productization of the whole like um natural language processing and just the way Chat GPT itself works is kind of like how Google was revolutionary in terms of like search. You know, ChatGPT has done that for this idea of bringing. Because right before ChatGPT, when you think about artificial intelligence and AI and all sorts of things, you were more you more thought about it in terms of like big companies trying to make sense of large data or you know Facebook using it to recommend algorithms as opposed to like an everyday type use. I think I think I think Google's 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 introduction was more powerful than ChatGPT's introduction, in my opinion controversial but my opinion um mm. i think what google did imagine living in a time when you want to know something and you had fifty thousand, fifty million folders papers you could find your thing from right and mm. google showed you all these 50 at your fingertip by asking the question now the reason why i said tragedy to me, it's not as groundbreaking as Google at the time, again, in, mm. in, at the time when they both emerged, was because Google's, at the point of when Google emerged, I don't think we had all technologies that, that ChatGPT was able to use and the skill set and the talent mm. available, right? So, of course, we're talking about, about a search engine 
and don't and don't forget that there were also other search engines that emerged as well at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Yahoo had theirs and they wanted to buy Google, mm. something like that. But then we had others emerge, Bing, DuckDuckGo, etc. Mm. But even right now, it's kind of an enhancement on Google a little yeah, bit because it's helping you do tasks that you probably would search information to do on Google first, by yourself. Yeah. yeah. Not all tasks you need Google for. For example, you're not as good to rewrite the code. Yeah. Right. That's well, where you could, which you, you, where you have human intelligence. But you might Google to search for how to yeah, yeah. stack overflow, right? To check for how to fix certain Errors. code problems. Yeah. So for me, I think the revolutionary aspect of both, maybe I'm, I'm, maybe I'm batshit wrong. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, maybe I'm trying to be... Um, Controversial for no reason, but I, I feel like Google, the imagine of Google as a search engine yeah. must have been ridiculously more groundbreaking than ChatGPT has yeah. been. So what, like for me, because the question, just moving away from technology a bit, like what's, because you mentioned something about, um, you know, groundbreaking sort of like technology and things like that. Like in what area, what problem do you think you'd like to see in a, in a perfect world, what, what will be groundbreaking for you to see? One I can think about is like obviously cancer. To um, see solved. Yeah, yeah. Um, so again, we've got to categorize these. Um, health problems yeah. are different from like human, um, like, human task pain points. Yeah. Some health problems just can't be solved until they can be solved. Some yeah. about technology is about the science building up over years mm. of knowledge right which is why you have a long literature review so that one i don't know whether it's down to technology being invented or it's down to knowledge accumulating mm. over time um in terms of real life problems it's hard because then if i could find <laughs> a problem i'll be a millionaire right <laughs> yeah and honestly um i think i think that. There are problems to solve if the people who are smarter than me, and there's millions of them, are open to thinking about these things. But I think we have a group thing happening, and rightfully so, perhaps, because that's where the money is. Mm. Group thing Attacking happening. certain problems over Exactly. Others. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, problems are only solved when you kind of aim at them. Mm. You know? Um, so... I don't know. It's a hard question. I mean, what do you think? Um, I, I don't know. Like for me, I'm I'm thinking about problems that I I sort of like have. Oh, sorry, we've gone a lot longer, so your battery is is giving you things. Um, well, let's use that one to wrap it up because I'm about to start editing your your thing to that extent. Um, but I think for me, personal problems I'm facing, I would say. It's not even a technological thing. I was also a societal type of problem type of thing, which is immigration. Like, I feel like the whole world is doing immigration wrong. <laughs> and, like, I feel like a lot of the progress that has happened, like, Roman Empire, all of those places. I mean, I need to be, I'm not speaking from knowledge, but I feel like immigration had a big part to do with how a lot of progress happened. And we've sort of, like, hampered it in a very interesting kind of way that I feel is slowing down certain kinds of progress that we can make. And I'm not even talking about outside the continent. 
even within Africa, immigration within Africa is super flawed and it's so annoying. And I feel like it's such a missed opportunity that we don't seem to be focusing on at the moment because even people that want to do things the right way and the legitimate, there's no way to do it. And the opportunity is sort of like replete across the continent if you just allow people to interact and mix enough to begin to see barriers and problems and how to solve and change things. But right now, we still have this very nationalistic mindset across borders that, I don't know, it's just, it's just not making sense. But I don't know, like, it's just... I mean, I, I think that is a bit deliberate, isn't it? Um, I think it's a good point you raised, actually. That's a good, fantastic UN problem you raised right there. Hmm. My response to that is, A, a bit of it is deliberate because countries, particularly since COVID, I think I read somewhere they're becoming a lot more nationalistic statistically. So there's that. There's there's the other question of, the other point about it has been a government sector problem. Mm. And since I've been born, government sector problems Mm-hmm. are really solved in as as easily as they can be. Yeah. Every government website is almost useless. <laughs> um, no, it's true because a lot of talents go into the private sector. Public sector is always back, it's always um has no incentive to be speedy, to be efficient, to be innovative. Mm. Um, because the funds just don't go there and there's no competition. So it's also a characteristic of where the problem lies, which is the public sector of all countries. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, mixing those two together is very, it's a very, very hard. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy because, like, maybe just the models in which we're running countries and running everything now is just flawed. But it's like, because how, how can, like, how have we just organized ourselves so much that, governments and public sectors can determine the fate of the entire nation but then you don't have the best people or the people with the right intentions in there or the people that incentivize correctly in there like it's crazy to me because you don't have the lottery of just being born quote unquote in the wrong country and then you're just stuck with that that sort of like thing and that's why i said immigration problem then becomes an issue because if it was a thing about okay you're born where you're born, but you can move to where the opportunities are and then make a name for yourself, which is what a lot of things happened or how a lot of things happened over centuries. Then, okay, fine. We'll save all, all is fear and love and war. But now it's like, you can be the brightest person, be the smartest person, but born in the wrong place and you're closed out of a lot of stuff. And there's not really much you can do because the public sector is a public sector. Anyways, this is another... But, but just to end on that point, yeah, I think... This might sound very hypocritical given that benefited from this. <laughs> but if you believe in God, if you believe in... Um, Einstein said that the most incom- incomprehensible thing about the world is that the world is comprehensible. Mm. And, and what that means is that you can't understand how... You can't understand how everything in nature... It's deliberate. It doesn't make sense from a scientific point of view. Mm. Right. And why I'm saying this is, I wish we were speaking across dimensions of psychology, sociology, economics, power, individual, cognitive behavior, whatever, all these dimensions. But to cut it very, very short is, if we had a world where there was smooth 
movement as you are alluding to that would defeat certain theoretical standings of sociology human beings and tribes for one that law defeats the idea of growth in places because by default everybody would move to where is orderly and working and then that means that nobody could fix places that are not and then that means that you have empires lasting almost forever mm. and why the world makes sense is that empires don't last forever empires take turns and our current time now is a blink not a blink that's too harsh but it's such a time, short time span in, in, in the taking turns of empires. So for us now, we're thinking like, why is this just so hard for the world to be so blocked? But we're just 100 years out of 20,000 20, years of different people saying the same thing, but in the opposite space. Mm. Do you get what I mean there? Yeah, I get, I get. So, yeah, it's, it's one thing whereby if the problem is fixed, it's a, it's, if that problem you say is simulated, which if you can do, that would be amazing to watch. I feel like some we guys realize, have done it. We realize so many reasons why that cannot be the case. Mm. Which leaves us with what then? It leaves us with finding meaning wherever you are. Says the guy who's immigrated. It's <laughs> just, just to, <laughs> I know. Keyword is finding finding meaning wherever you are. Yeah. Right. I know you made a good point, but how do I say this? Even though I'm, even though I'm immigrated, there's people who have not and are happy they have not. Yeah, absolutely. So that fact alone does not mean that immigration equals success or something. Whatever yeah. that thing is. Yeah, yeah. Right. Now, it can improve a chance. Don't get me wrong. It can improve a chance for sure. Um, but who knows? Mm. It's just very complex beyond this conversation. It's complex beyond what I know. I'm obviously speaking with naivety and hypocrisy as well with <laughs> my experience. But when I think about how I think about social world and what I've learned, the unintended effects of hum- mankind's interventions always show why Einstein's point always rings true. Mm. That the world is comprehensible and it doesn't make sense that the world is comprehensible. Mm. So good, so good. Um, oh, by the way, an, um, uh, um, open, Oppenheimer was a very good movie. You watch it, okay. You watch it. Yeah. yeah. I mean that 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 wasn't why I, I that wasn't where I had the quotes, but obviously I I, I just remember, remember Einstein, yeah. Einstein from from that. Yeah. yeah. No, it was movie. really like really good, really good. You don't even feel the three it's hours. Very, going it's a very deep, deep movie. Yeah. And if anybody wants to understand more about how um I'll say like the movie had religious themes in there, it had true worldly themes in there, but the world can bring you up and take you down at will. Hmm. And 
Yeah. Maybe we can let's park just, it there. Yeah, can park it there. Park it there. All right, cool guys. Happy Th- New Year, folks. Yes, thank you for coming with us on this um, wild ride. I almost feel. Anyways, we'll talk about this at some point. But guys, thank you for joining us. We will catch you, um, well, on Patreon next week with um, what should be a cinema therapy episode for the episode we did about hobbies, um, which was now two, three weeks ago. Anyway, season ten will end at some point. Um, <laughs> We are also looking forward to it ending, but it will end at some point and then we'll move on to, to the new things that I guess we're, we're working on in that sense. But yeah, um, peace out, guys. Enjoy your week ahead and welcome to 2024. Goodbye, everybody. Happy New Year. Much love to you all. Cheers. Hi there. And we're quite sure that the podcast landscape on your device is massive. And yet you found us and you chose to indulge in our long-form, complex, sense-making dialogues. And for that, we applaud you. More importantly, we say a big, massive thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, if it made you smile, think, debate, or even disagree, please show some support. You can do that in five simple ways. Number one, give us a great rating and review and subscribe or follow the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Number two, leave a comment, let us hear you, but more importantly, let our community hear you as well. Number three, share this episode with somebody new, somebody you thought about when you were listening, someone you think would enjoy it. Number four, if you're active on social media, connect, connect, connect. It's yellowpeelpod on Instagram slash threads and yellowpeel underscore pod on Twitter. Five, and finally, you can join our Patreon community down link below. Once again, thank you for taking Yellowpeel with us today. It's Wally, your co-host. Next to me is Toby. And we wish you the very best in the coming hours, days, weeks, and months. But we'll see you again soon. Till next time, peace and love, people. Peace and love. <laughs>